This is a Timmet podcast. This podcast is part of the series On the Marge. The title of this episode is Wild Life. Wild Life. It was Condor Day, Sunday. The Walnut Crescent Bed and Breakfast isn't that far off the glide path, and I saw the big airplane descending to the airport at the end of its non-stop flight from Frankfurt. First Condor flight of the season, I think. By early tomorrow morning, there would be groups of jet-lagged men patrolling the downtown looking for coffee, wearing what they imagined were rustic backwoods clothes, which, unfortunately, were generally insufficiently threadbare to be authentic. There would be uncertain pairs of couples wandering along the waterfront, wondering if the trolley was actually running. And later, they would all converge on Superstore to buy massive quantities of groceries to load into rented vehicles before dispersing across the northwestern corner of Canada and trickling into Alaska. But that would be later. With the condor about to land, I knew that our bed and breakfast guests, a couple from Bavaria, would soon be clearing customs and I should head to the airport and pick them up. They had arranged to rent a truck, but would pick it up only the next day. Rental companies in Whitehorse had learned from experience that it really wasn't in anyone's best interest to rent vehicles to jet-lagged Germans who would be determined to drive long distances to the frontiers of civilization as soon as they had the keys. Our B&B guests were Karen, who did all the talking, which wasn't a lot because she was tired, and her husband, Gunther, who did all the nodding, which was a lot because he was tired too. When we got back to the house, I introduced them to my wife, Mara, my daughter, Alex, and our dog, Quark, and showed them the basics of the house. They retired right away, but I knew that they would want breakfast early. They were not the first jet-lagged Germans to stay at our bed and breakfast. I was right. Karin and Gunther appeared at 7 a.m. Monday morning. We shall have breakfast right now, declared Karin. Gunther nodded enthusiastically. To the uninitiated, that might sound brusque, but that's just the way that some Germans speak. Mara and Alex appeared as I was making breakfast, so we all sat down together and played the family game of learning as much as we could from our guests. Why had they come to Canada? What were they planning to visit? Karin was the much better English speaker of the two. Gunther occasionally interjected a few words into the conversation, but more often just made comments to his wife and nodded while she translated. We have come to Canada to live the wild life, explained Karin. Her husband nodded. What do you mean, the wildlife? I asked. In Germany, where we are from, explained Karin, we have much cities and roads and people. But we don't have very much wild. There is some wild, but it is very strictly organized. Everyone in Germany talks about how there is very much wild in Yukon, and all the magazines say the same thing. The wild goes on forever, and it is very quiet. So this is our first time in Yukon, and we want to go into the wild and live the wild life, Gunther nodded. Okay, so there was not much lost in translation. Many Germans come to Yukon for the same reason. Yukon is way more wilderness and way fewer traces of urbanization than Europe. Because it is so very different, Germans love it here. Well, you could just step into the wilderness at the corner of the street, said Mara, pointing. Three minutes walk down the trail, and you won't see a house or hear a car. Ah, so the wild is that close, marveled Karin. But, but we have heard stories about your insects, 
little black insects and moss, moss go... Oh, mosquitoes. You mean mosquitoes, I offered. No, you don't have to worry about those around Whitehorse. In wet areas, maybe, or way out in the woods. But there's mosquito spray for that. And what about animals? Are there many animals in the woods right at the corner of the street? Asked Karin. Her husband nodded. So we told them about the foxes and the squirrels that we saw every day, and the porcupines and the moose and the beaver and the fishers, and, and the wolves that we met less often. What about bears? We have heard about bears, said Karin. Gunther nodded vigorously. Yes, there are bears in Yukon, I replied. We have had some in the woods not far from here. But there aren't very many of them near here, and they're generally just passing through. And most of the time, if they know you're there, they'll try to keep out of your way. When my husband was a boy, said Karin, he had a book about bears. Gunther stopped nodding and stared down at his breakfast plate. In the book, a man lived in the wild in a house made of wood, and a bear tried to go in. The man had to fight with the bear, and it was a very alarming book. My husband had dreams after, very bad dreams. Gunther continued staring down at his plate, immobile, and only glanced up briefly when I dropped some more French toast on it. So we would like to live the wild life in Yukon, but we must be careful about bears, explained Karin. Well, there should be no problem around here if you want to go for a walk, I assured them. I'll lend you the bear spray. And you don't get your rental truck until noon, right? So Karin declared they would immediately go for a walk in the wilderness that started at the corner. They emerged from the room carrying collapsible hiking poles and wearing hats with big brims. Gunther was wearing heavy canvas pants with reinforced leather knee patches. They checked their phones to make sure the GPS worked. Two phones, just in case. I gave them each a can of bear spray and a holster and showed them how to flip off the plastic tab and they headed out to live the wild life. Life got much wilder than anticipated, much faster than expected. They hadn't been gone 30 seconds when I heard Karin shrieking and Gunther bellowing. I tore open the front door. Our guests were still on the front driveway. Karin was rolling on the ground, holding her head in her hands, crying. Gunther was running around with his eyes closed, bouncing off the side of our car his hands flailing wildly. At first, I did not understand what was happening, but as I took two steps out the door, my eyes and then my nose told me right away. Karin and Gunther had obviously not appreciated the difference between mosquito spray, which is to be applied before first contact with mosquitoes, and bear spray, which is to be kept in reserve until after first contact with bears. They had sprayed each other with bear spray, thinking that it was bear repellent, designed to keep away bears. Unfortunately for them, the Capiscum red pepper worked exactly as advertised, causing instant and significant irritation to their eyes and noses. I deployed the garden hose and sprayed Gunther and Karin with a powerful jet of cold water for about 15 or 20 minutes until the effects of the bear spray started to wear off. While bear spray is meant to scare animals away, it certainly didn't work that way for our neighbors on Walnut Crescent, although they did keep their distance. About half of Walnut Crescent stopped by to watch the process because they had seen the unusual activity on their way to work, or just because they had been alerted by the noise. Eventually, I led Gunther and Karin to the garage, where they slipped out of their clothes and wrapped themselves in beach towels that Mara had brought out. They went into the house, into the shower, and eventually into clean, dry clothes 
while I hung their bear sprayed garments out to dry. When they stayed with us again almost two weeks later, before getting on the Condor to fly back to Germany, they reported they had had some contact with the wild. There was a mother moose with a baby on the road to Dawson. They had a blurry photo as proof. And the superstore ravens had plundered the groceries in the back of their rented pickup, only giving up when Gunther had climbed up and jumped into the middle of the food to chase them away. But no bears. Maybe life in Yukon isn't all that wild after all. This has been a Timmet podcast in a series called On the Marge. Instrumental intro and exit are courtesy of Kate Weeks. If you would like more of these podcasts, check out the podcast website at timmet.ca slash podcasts. That's T-I-M-M-I-T dot C-A slash podcasts.